You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And we have a lot to cover today because, as we have been discussing the last week, Iowa was and did get screwed again by the College Ball Playoff Committee, as did most of the Big Ten. So we're going to talk about that. We're first going to hit on the Iowa-Gonzaga game. Um, it was a disappointing loss, but there was a lot of things to take away from that that I think we can you know, come away excited about with this program for the future. So we're going to touch on that. And then we're also going to talk about Iowa versus Purdue, give you a little bit of a preview there. That game takes place tomorrow evening, but we have an interview with Thor Nystrom dropping tomorrow. Uh, he's a fantastic writer, huge Iowa Hawkeye fan. Um, you should definitely check out his work. We're going to be interviewing him tomorrow, so make sure to check that out. But Let's get into the conversation today. Obviously, Iowa-Gonzaga, Iowa-Purdue, and the bowl game in which Iowa is playing Missouri in the Music City Bowl, which is definitely a disappointment considering how far this team has come and how good of a team this actually is. But we should be excited that we're even able to play bowl games, so we'll talk on that. Before we get even into the Iowa-Gonzaga thing, I have a message for you. Um, I apparently upset people on Twitter on Saturday while tweeting about the Iowa basketball game. And anyone who knows me knows that I am not trying to attack people. And honestly, I don't even think the tweet I sent was an attack. I said, get a defensive rebound in all caps. And I want to be very clear about a couple things. First and foremost, I have a I have a very strong policy of not attacking people, not attacking players especially. But in, in my role, I think it's important that you also call out both the good and the bad. And Iowa wasn't good at rebounding the ball defensively against Gonzaga. That is a fact. You can show the statistics, which we will talk about, that that was the case. And while I try to provide you some of the statistics and whatnot while we're watching the game and the anomaly, you know, the anomalies such as Gonzaga and how they're weren't a, they weren't a great three point shooting team coming into the game. And Jalen Suggs was shooting lights out. Um, that was unexpected. I tweeted about that as well. But while I tweet about some of that stuff, I also tweet emotional reactions. And again, I stay away from tweeting things like, player X sucks, or this person's terrible. I try to either be positive or just point out things that are happening, like get a defensive rebound. And some people apparently took offense to that. I, it happens today. You know, I can't say anything without pissing someone off. But um, if you were one of those people that were upset, I apologize for offending you. Um, that is who I am, though. I am going to tweet stuff like that. Again, if, if I ever, if you ever feel like I crossed the line and actually attack a player, please call me out for that because I am very against that. Um, there was, you know, there was plenty of times during the game where I wanted to say something, but I didn't because it wasn't a nice thing to say. These, these kids, these young adults, they're, they're 18 to 22, 23. Um, you know, that's not, that's not cool. They have, they have families, they have their moms and dads are on Twitter. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So I'm never going to do that. But if you truly are offended, please let me know. I'm always, Always up for constructive criticism there, but if anyone was offended by my get a defensive rebound tweet, uh, apologies there. But let's get into the the subject today. I just want to make sure everyone knew that you know I don't want to piss anyone off, but I'm also I think it's important to provide some of the things that you're probably thinking as well. I mean, I'm hoping that's why you come to this show. I hope you come to this show because you love the Iowa Hawkeyes, because you enjoy the content I'm putting out, and because you appreciate 
or at least respect the opinion I provide. Um, and I try to back that my opinion up with as much statistical evidence as I possibly can to support that. But I hope you come here for that. And if you don't, uh, I would be curious as to, to why you do come here. Just please uh, feel free to tweet at me. Let me know. Um, but I hope you do enjoy the show. Let's get into Iowa Gonzaga, though, because it was a frustrating game. It was a very frustrating game to watch. I'd be lying if I said otherwise. I went into this game incredibly excited to watch Iowa take on number three, Iowa take on number one, Gonzaga. And, you know, for the first 10 minutes, I thought, you know what, this is going to be a good game. It's going to be back and forth. But then Gonzaga went on quite a run. And from there, Iowa just could never rebound. I mean, it was it was basically a tie ball game for a bit. And Iowa was staying with Gonzaga, despite the fact that Jalen Suggs was really heating up from three. Iowa was sticking with them. And to me, that was, you know, I was excited. And then all of a sudden they went on a run and we ended the half down 51 to 37. Um, So we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and what needs to improve. Let's start with the bad. And I think everyone realized this. Iowa struggled from three. Let me put into context just how bad Iowa struggled from three against Gonzaga and how it could have made a difference. Joe Wieskamp is the only player to make more than one three. There's only two players on this entire team to make a three, though. All right, so just... Keep that in mind. One player made another three. That was C.J. Frederick. He shot three three-point shots. He got into foul trouble early, uh, so wasn't able to play nearly as much as we would have liked to see. But only one three-point, three-pointer was made outside of from anyone but Joey's camp. That was C.J. Frederick. He made three of eight. The rest of the team was one of 14 for 18%. All right, 18% total, 7% for the rest of the team from three. Let's say, in theory, Iowa shoots 30% on average each game, and and that's about where they've been at. So they typically shoot about 30%, let's say, or even better, we saw in North Carolina. If they shoot 30%, that's a six- to eight-point difference. Okay, that's a six- to eight-point difference right there. That's 6.6 threes out of the amount they attempted, which is 22, which would be roughly six to to eight to nine points. That that makes this a a one-score ball game at that point. Only three times in the last two years has Iowa shot worse than how they shot against Gonzaga, the number one team in the nation. That was a 68-62 win over Wisconsin last year, a 76-70 loss to Nebraska last year, and a loss to Michigan 74-53 at the end of 2018 in the conference tournament, I believe. Only three times in the last two and a half years has Iowa shot worse than that. Now, another area where they struggled, poor free throw shooting. You have to take advantage of of your opportunities. They're free throws for a reason because they're free. Iowa shot 53%, 14 of 23. One thing Iowa does well is get to the basket, at least with their bigs, and get teams into foul trouble. We saw that with Gonzaga. Both their big men got into foul trouble, but Iowa couldn't capitalize. 14 of 23. Let's say in theory they shoot 75%, which is a B, it would be about average for Iowa. That'd be 17, 18. That's a four-point swing. If you hit your threes at a consistent rate, and they were open threes, they weren't contested threes, and you hit... of your free throws, Iowa wins that game. They have shot worse than 53% once in the last three years. That's the Nebraska loss last year. Once in the last three years has Iowa shot worse than they did against Gonzaga from free throws. Now, two more things. Defensive rebounding. Oh my gosh, was that frustrating to watch. And Iowa even openly admitted it, that they need to be tougher on the glass. Luca Garza said that. They know that's an issue. Me saying get a defensive rebound is just calling out the obvious. Anyone who's upset about that needs to look at how poorly they have done on the glass. Coming into this game, Iowa was 251st in the nation in defensive rebounding percentage. They're now 309th. Gonzaga is not an elite offensive rebounding team. They're 70th. 
That's after the win against Iowa. But they crushed us on the glass. They out-rebounded us 49-35. to 23 defensive rebounds to their 16 offensive rebounds. That is so many second-chance opportunities for a team that we cannot afford to give second-chance opportunities to. Iowa's defense is always going to be weaker than their offense under Fran McCaffrey. It is just a fact. One of Iowa's defensive measures is playing fantastic offense. Their offense struggled, and defensively, they actually didn't play that bad. Outside of the fact they probably could have closed out better on Jalen Suggs, but you'll live with that if your offense can go, and you'll live with it if you do hold them to some of those stops and actually get the board. You need to get that rebound. That's 16 more opportunities that Gonzaga had to shoot the ball where Iowa stopped them initially. You can't have that. You cannot have that against the number one team in the nation. You will lose every single time if you're going to allow that to happen. And the fact that Iowa only lost by 11 despite struggling from three, shooting poor free throw or poor free throw shooting and struggling on the glass, that is impressive. And then the other area, and again, I don't want to call, I'm not going to be rude about players, but Jordan Bohannon has struggled. He's going to get better. He's going to improve. We've seen this before, but he was definitely a liability in this game. Good or bad, he was a liability. And you want to take the good with the bad, right? He's not, he's not going to be the most athletic point guard on the court at any point in time. But you can't be careless with the ball the way he was multiple times. Maybe he was trying to create a play, but he was careless with the ball. He had, I believe, let me see, four turnovers. He only ended up playing 24 minutes. He was just not shooting well either. One of eight from the field, 0 of five from three. And I think what really hurt the most was, and, and this is, all, again, this is what makes Jordan Bohannon so special is that he makes a lot of these shots. He's the guy who can get Iowa back and going. But against Gonzaga, he couldn't. Um, so it was it was it was struggling to see that Jordan Bohannon is gonna be Jordan Bohannon though he's gonna get back. You, you again you live with the good and the bad. In most key games, Jordan Bohannon is the guy who's carrying Iowa. So keep that in mind. Coming up on segment number two, we're gonna get into the good and what needs to improve for Iowa before hitting on that Purdue preview. I'm giving you a little bit of an insight what to expect from the Purdue game. Before we do that though, we do have a message for you. We actually have a couple messages and there are some good ones. The first one though is if you're anything like me, you're always on the go. And I want to make sure you realize this, that you have something that you can, you know, if you want to chill, you want to relax, want to take a quick break, ice cold Coors Lights, that is what can help you chill as well. There's o- That's the only beer out there that's actually made to chill. It's Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. Yesterday, when, or two days ago, I guess, when I was watching the Iowa Gonzaga game, I was getting a little stressed. I was getting a little frustrated. I grabbed myself an ice-cold Coors Light. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind or to just chill or try to enjoy the basketball game and not get so frustrated. Coors Light is what I turn to. Coors Light is when I choose an ID to unwind or want to deal with a tough basketball game. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's right, folks. Have it delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And as always, remember to celebrate responsibly. This message is brought to you by Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And we do have an awesome new partnership with betonline.ag. If you are ready for some college football, you got to get on to betonline.ag. If you know anything about college football, if you're listening to our show tomorrow and you hear Thor's talk about his, you know, against the spread bets, go to betonline.ag because 
it is a perfect time to make some extra cash, put it in your pocket. And there's only one place that has you covered for both the NFL regular season, the playoffs, and college football season. That's betonline.ag. It's a place I trust to put all my money in. And it's where I've been winning quite a lot of money using Locked On Podcast Network's brand new episode of, or brand new show of Locked On Bets. Right now, though, you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for 50% welcome bonus when you sign up. That's right. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And we have some really great stuff coming up as well. We're going to be throwing out some awesome lines covering Iowa basketball, so stay tuned for that. There's going to be some very Iowa-specific stuff coming at betonline.ag. And make sure to visit them on their social medias at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best businesses bonuses in the business i should say again sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and win yourself some money today and again i talked a little bit about it but locked on bets is here that's right betting on your team has never been as easy as now because you have a new show locked on bets hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers subscribe to the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast at and let's get back into our iowa gonzaga discussion we talked about the bad on the first segment it was poor free throw shooting poor three-point shooting defensive rebounding that, those were the three areas that we really struggled in. You you do well in two of those three, you win that game. Hell, you do well, well in one of those three, you win the game. Let's talk about the good, though, because there was some good. First and foremost, I love the fight in this team. They did not give up. Last year, we've seen this happen where they, they got destroyed in the first half, and it was a struggle, and we ended up losing by 20, 30 points. It did not happen this time. did not happen against Gonzaga. I love the fact they did not quit. Gonzaga also cooled down a bit, and Iowa won that second half by three points. Well, it's, you know, the small victories are huge here. Luka Garza was also phenomenal. If you take away the two three-point shots towards the end of the half, that second half, he was 13-16 for 30 points and 10 rebounds, and he fouled out both of Gonzaga's big men. That's huge. If they would, I mean, if Iowa could have kept that game close, taken it into overtime, you better believe Luka Garza would have just destroyed Gonzaga down low. Mark Few had tons of praise to, you know, Gonzaga's head coach had a ton of praise to give to Luka Garza, and he deserved it. He crushed it out there. Joe Toussaint was also a breath of fresh air on the court. I would love to see Joe Toussaint get more minutes in games like this because his athleticism is something that Iowa is lacking. We need a Joe Toussaint on the court against a guy like Jalen Suggs. He can put pressure on him defensively, and he can get to the basket. And when he was attacking, he put a spark into Iowa. Have we been able to get one or two stops? Again, we're back in that game. Joe Toussaint, 5 of 11 shooting, 14 points, 2 assists, 1 steal. There were 3 turnovers, but again, like we talked about with Jordan Bohannon, where, you know, there were some, you know, there's a little bit of struggles from passing-wise, could shoot the ball as well. You live with that because there's going to be a lot more games where Jordan Bohannon is going to hit a ton of shots. Just like Joe Toussaint, you're going to live with a few of the turnovers because he does such a phenomenal job of creating for himself and by default for others. When he attacks the basket and they close in, he can kick it out to an open three-point shooter. That was huge. He was able to get to the basket, and that was awesome to see from the, the true sophomore. I thought Iowa did a great job of putting pressure on Gonzaga. Again, defensive rebounding was a struggle, but Iowa did a great job of forcing Gonzaga into tough and difficult situations. So Gonzaga had 18 turnovers. Jalen Suggs, for all the talk of his three-point shooting, had seven turnovers. That is a testament to Iowa's defense. And if they can continue to get better at that, 
we're going to see that hurt a lot of teams. That just doesn't hurt a team like Gonzaga nearly as much because they are so effective at shooting the ball and on the offensive glass. So what needs to improve going forward? I think we do need to utilize Joe Toussaint a little bit more when we have athletic guards that he's playing against. That's going to be huge down the stretch. In Big Ten basketball, it's not going to be a problem. But in the NCAA tournament, Joe Toussaint is going to be an X-factor for Iowa. And Jess Heddles has said that as well. Defensive rebounding has to improve. That is, there's some technique to that, but there's also effort to that as well and being in the right position and attacking the glass and being able to get that. Iowa needs to do a better job of that if they want to win games going forward, and they need to improve on zone defense. I know we're not expecting Iowa to be an elite defensive team, okay? This is not going to be a top 10 defensive team, but they need to do a little bit better. And, and you know, Fran McCaffrey said as much. He said, you know, they were getting absolutely destroyed in zone, so they moved to man. And I thought Iowa did a solid job in man, but where you get in trouble with man is when you're facing very athletic teams, they start doing on-ball screens. That's going to make it difficult difficult for Iowa to handle that as well. Again, Iowa just needs to – they don't got to be the best defensive team. They just got to be able to lock it down and get rebounds when they are able to lock it down. And then, again, convert on the offensive side of the ball. Those are the three good things and the three things I think Iowa needs to improve on going forward. Let's get into the Purdue talk, though, because that is an opportunity for Iowa to switch gears and get – control the seat and get control is the wrong way to say it but get back on the right track for the season Purdue coming into this game is ranked 27th by Ken Palm they're six and two but they haven't really beaten anyone they beat Ohio State that was a good win but they lost to Miami 58 to 54 and they lost to Clemson 81 to 70 right now Ken Palm projects an 83 to 76 win for Iowa and it's at Carver if only we could have fans there that'd be fantastic but again this is an opportunity for Iowa to get his first Big Ten win of the season and I think there's two areas where Iowa is going to struggle out against Purdue it's the fact that Purdue is fantastic at offensive rebounding. We just talked about it. That is huge against good teams. You cannot let them get second chances on one possession down the court. They need to stop them. Purdue is 36 in offensive rebounding percentage. They're also a fantastic shooting three-point shooting team, right? 38.3% from three. Let me run down four of their start, you know, starting guys. Starting or sorry, three starting guys, one backup. Starting shooting guard Sasha Stefan Stefanov Stefanovic. I always mess up. He hurt Iowa last year, too. 26 of 50 from three this year. Starting point guard Isaiah Thompson, 8 of 22 for 36%. Starting small forward Brandon Newman, 13 of 30 for 43%. Backup guard Eric Hunter, 7 of 20 for 35%. Those are four guys who shoot over 35%. That can keep a bad team in a game. And if they get those rebounds from missed shots, that hurts Iowa even more. Nothing is more demoralizing than getting a good defensive stop, making them take a bad shot, them getting that defensive rebound or the offensive rebound, kicking it out and draining a three. That is demoralizing for the team, for fans, everything. So that's going to be huge. Stopping Purdue from shooting the three-pointer as well as they have. You need to stay up on them. This is not an athletic, this is not a team that's more athletic than Iowa. We should be able to handle that. They do have a high turnover percentage in offense, so I expect to see a little bit more press. I'd like to see Iowa be up on them and force them into bad situations. I believe Iowa can do that. And then as far as Luka Garza goes, he's going to have a tough test down low. Travian Williams, 6'10", 265 pounds. He's one of the best defensive players in the nation. He ranks 22nd, according to Kempom, in defensive percentage. That's fantastic. That is going to be a great opportunity for Luka Garza to dominate yet another big man in the Big Ten. Love seeing it. Behind him, they got Zach Eady, 7'4", 285 pounds, true freshman. Again, this is going to be a battle for Luka Garza, but you don't need – I mean – you need your guys, your wings, be able to shoot the three-pointer better and shoot the ball well, and then Luka Garza can get his at 20 to 30 points. But again, if they collapse on Luka, he'll kick it out. And there's no one in the league, in the entire nation, who can guard Luka Garza one-on-one. I don't care if it is Travian Williams, who's one of the top defensive players in the nation. Luka Garza is going to get his. 
Again, this is going to be an interesting game. Purdue can shoot the three. They can rebound the ball well offensively. And they're a slow-moving team. Iowa's a fast-moving team. This is going to be contrast in styles. Iowa's going to want to get Purdue in a running match. Get Purdue chucking up shots early in the possession and take advantage of that. Iowa's also going to need to be patient because Purdue does a good job of forcing you know, possessions to last a little bit longer than Iowa would typically want. But I do believe this should be a relatively easy Iowa win. When we get the line, we'll be posting that on our Twitter account, Instagram account, and Facebook or yeah, Facebook account. We'll make sure to drop that knowledge as well. But that is our quick preview of the Purdue game, an opportunity for Iowa to get back in the win column and get their first win in the Big Ten. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to be breaking down the crap show that is the college ball playoff committee and what they decide to do this weekend. I'm upset about it. You've heard a lot of rants. We're not going to go on those rants nearly as much. I apologize, but we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that Iowa is getting Missouri in the music city bowl as well. That's all coming up on segment number three of the show. Before we get into that though, sometimes you need a little snack. And what is a better snack than a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar? Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. They also have a lot of seasonal flavors popping out all different times. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Again, they are a protein bar. But let me tell you, this is the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. And not only does it pack a punch in the taste department, the health areas are fantastic as well. Built Bar, one of my favorite flavors is cookies and cream 17 grams of protein 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs so again not only can you get a delicious product it's also great for you too so grab yourself built bars right now we actually have a fantastic promo code use promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order go to builtbar.com use promo code locked on you'll get 20 percent off your next order again that is locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On Peacocks and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insights on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast at. And speaking of football, let's wrap up a little discussion about Iowa football because we, fi- we found out what our fate was. Um, We talked about it last week, what needed to happen for Iowa to be able to get into that college football or basically the top 12 in a New Year's Six Bowl talk. And there was some chaos, but almost none of it benefited Iowa. Not even a little bit. All right. Let's look at it. We wanted if we needed to get up there, we needed Northwestern to get smoked by Ohio State. I thought USC losing to Oregon would be a good thing. Clearly, I'm wrong. Coastal Carolina didn't get a chance to play Louisiana Lafayette. I don't know how the committee would have valued that anyways. I thought Iowa State would need to drop beat you know, Oklahoma pretty well to drop Oklahoma. Didn't matter. Cincinnati did beat Tulsa. They didn't actually beat them. Georgia didn't beat Georgia beat Vanderbilt pretty easily. Texas AM also won pretty easily. Again, not a huge deal. Florida uh, gets, you know, loses by a touchdown to Alabama, doesn't really drop either. Again, everything I thought needed to happen didn't really matter because the College Ball Playoff Committee is a freaking joke. It's a freaking sham. They should be ashamed of themselves at this point. And honestly, we should do away with it. Gary Barta should be ashamed of himself. What a pathetic excuse for leadership of this College Ball Playoff Committee. The guy talks in circles and just constantly contradicts himself. I have I don't have anything against Gary Barta as far as how he's handled things at Iowa, but he has been pathetic on this committee. That whole committee has been pathetic for what they've done. Let me talk through some of the crap. Notre Dame gets stomped, just absolutely stomped by Clemson and only drops to number four? Are you kidding me? 
Oregon wasn't even supposed to play in the Pac-12 championship game. Washington opted out, and now they're in the Fiesta Bowl for beating a bad USC team that shouldn't have been ranked that high. Indiana doesn't get a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, like, what is going on here? Also, I'm, I'm happy for Iowa State. That might piss some of you off. I am happy for Iowa State. They had a good team. But a three-loss Iowa State team should be below Coastal Carolina and Louisiana Lafayette. Coastal Carolina is undefeated. Louisiana Lafayette lost to Coastal Carolina and beat Iowa State. How the hell is Iowa State ahead of both of them? I have no freaking clue. That makes no sense to me. You're saying a three-loss Iowa State team that lost to Oklahoma State, lost to Oklahoma, and Louisiana Lafayette. Two of those losses are good. Louisiana Lafayette, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State, not a good loss. Indiana had one loss to Ohio State by a touchdown. And you're telling me that Iowa State should be above them? This is some freaking garbage. Are you kidding me? Anyways, let me go through the Bulls, the New Year's Six Bulls. Obviously, we have Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. At this point, why even play the season if you just know those four teams are going to be there regardless of whatever the hell they do? But those four teams are playing in the college ball playoffs. And then we have in the Citrus Bowl, we got, or sorry, Orange Bowl, we got AM versus UNC. That should be a bad game. Fiesta Bowl, Oregon versus Iowa State. Pretty lucky draw Iowa State to get a bad Oregon team. Not a bad, but not a great Oregon team. The Peach Bowl gets Cincinnati and Georgia. Cincinnati undefeated, doesn't get any love, whatever. I hope they smoke Georgia. That I would just love, absolutely love to see that. From the standpoint of Iowa, the Big Ten, the Citrus Bowl gets Northwestern versus Auburn. Indiana drops to the Outback Bowl versus Ole Miss, and that leaves Iowa, a team that went 6-2 and two this year and destroyed opponents later in the season. They get 5-5 five and five Missouri. Hey, nice job, Iowa. You did a great job of dealing with all that adversity, having a first-year quarterback and crushing all of your big-time opponents. And the only two lo- – you had a loss to Purdue, which that, if anyone watched that game, we, we were ahead that entire time. We're going to talk about that Thor tomorrow. The Northwestern game, we could have won as well. But don't worry, Iowa. Good job of doing – you know, being six and two, you get Missouri, five and five Missouri for your Music City Bowl game. What a freaking joke! Whatever. You know, I'll, the positive here is that this should be a pretty easy game for Iowa to win. Iowa should be able to smoke Missouri and show the committee how dumb they were for never even considering Iowa at all, or hell, any of the Big Ten teams. Indiana, Northwestern, Northwestern is going to smoke Auburn. I think Indiana should easily beat Ole Miss. I, I mean, this I guess. I guess that's a a nice consolation prize. Look good for us to take down the SEC, which we should have no problem doing because the SEC isn't as strong as the committee believes they are. The Big Ten also isn't as bad as the committee believes it is, whatever. Anyways, we get Missouri. Let me list out the last couple games for Missouri. A 51-32 loss to 3-7 Mississippi State. I don't know if you've watched any Mississippi State games, but they are bad. 49-14 loss to Georgia. A 50-48 win over Arkansas, who just got their first freaking SEC win in like four years this year. A 41-0 win over winless Vanderbilt. A 17-10 win over South Carolina, a team that fired its head coach. A 41-17 loss to Florida. A 20-10 win over Kentucky. You get the idea here. Missouri isn't good. We get a 5-5 Missouri team. Should be an easy win for Iowa. I know Kirk's happy. Uh, By the way, Kirk, you know, if you haven't heard, I've been living under a rock. Kirk has COVID. Um, I didn't mean to laugh. Kirk has COVID. That was a terrible way of saying it. Kirk has COVID. Seems like he's doing well, though. He has a cough, but it seems to be doing all right. Um, but hopefully he should be fine. We are not. We don't have any numbers on Iowa in general. Uh, it sounds like there's no plans at this point to opt out of the bowl game. They're excited to play, excited to play in front of fans. If you're able to make it down there and safely, go for it. I think it'd be a lot of fun to be, be at that game. Nashville's a fantastic place. But again, 
this sucks. Iowa should have been higher than this. But I'll try to be positive here. And the fact that we get bowl games is awesome. We're going to win that bowl game. Awesome. I was going to finish 7-2. and two, And if we would have looked at this coming into season, I projected Iowa at 5-3. So 6-2 is better. And you can only control what you can control. You can't control the fact the committee's a bunch of idiots. You cannot control the fact that due to scheduling, Northwestern didn't have to play another game, and Iowa didn't get to play Indiana or Michigan. And all those things could have happened. I think Iowa wins, and they're in a better position. But we can't control that. What we can control is that we have a bowl game. It's against Missouri, and we're going to win that bowl game on December 30th at 3 p.m. That's all we can control. That's my talk for today. I'll be giving you a lot more prep on Missouri coming into that game. We have a lot of stuff dropping all throughout the week. We have that you know, interview with Thor tomorrow. Then it'll be fantastic. He did a great job and a really knowledgeable guy. I think you're going to really love that interview. We also have shows dropping Wednesday and Thursday. And I don't think we're going to have one on Christmas, but we'll see if I give you a, a little Christmas present there. And obviously we'll be back the following week as well. Hey, Locked on Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you for tuning in, listening to the show. And obviously, as always, folks, go Hawks.